Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you believe you can live a pain-free, vital life? Do you want to step back into your power and share your gifts with the world? Are you ready to make a commitment to you? It's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer. Welcome to the Nature of Healing. Hello, healers. Welcome to the Nature of Healing podcast. I'm Roseanne. Are you drinking fluoridated water? According to statistics from the CDC, fluoridated water reaches more than 204 million U.S. residents, or just under 74% of the population on public water systems. In 1999, the CDC proclaimed community water fluoridation as one of the 10 great public health achievements of the 20th century. Water fluoridation began in 1945 when Grand Rapids, Michigan became the first city to fluoridate their water based on the idea that it reduced tooth decay rates. However, excess fluoride causes dental fluorosis and dental caries. But that's not all. In 2014, a study published in the journal Lancet declared fluoride a neurotoxin affecting the brain. But other studies show that fluoride as fluorosilicic acid in drinking water to affect every organ system of the body, including behavior. Fluoride in the public water supply is not natural fluorine found in soil, but sodium fluoride or hydrofluorosilicic acid or HFSA. It's a toxic byproduct of the fertilizer industry. You might know sodium fluoride by its common name, rat poison. The consumption of these forms contributes to thyroid disease, cancers, the development of skeletal and dental fluorosis, as we said, pineal gland calcification, which affects our connection to our higher self, and lower IQ. We are told that small amounts of fluoride added to tap water isn't harmful. We aren't told that this fluoride accumulates in the body and brain and is not necessarily excreted. Based on volumes of data showing negative health effects, several cities in Canada and the U.S. have been changing their laws to reduce or eliminate water fluoridation, which is really forced medication. Although a handful of states have mandatory fluoridation laws, the vast majority the debate happens at the local level where many city councils, boards of health, or water district officials have authority to make these fluoridation decisions without your consent. A few days ago, the Minnesota Department of Public Health closed their public comment period for a fluoride rule revision. The current rule allows an average of 1.2 milligrams of fluoride per liter of water, or PPM, with an acceptable range of 0.9 to 1.5. The proposed amendment would lower the average concentration of fluoride in public water to 0.7 milligrams per liter. Few cities, however, are willing to completely eliminate it from public water supplies. 
here to discuss all things fluoride, including the Minnesota process, is a fellow health freedom advocate, Leo Cashman. Leo is executive director of DAMS, Dental Amalgam Mercury Solutions, since 2000. DAMS is a 501c3 nonprofit organization established in 1990, educating the public on dental amalgam mercury and other ways dentistry may affect health. Leo is editor of the DAMS news magazine, Dental Truth. And since the year 2000, DAMS has provided educational information to an estimated 60,000 people on dental mercury and other dental health issues. Leo has written hundreds of articles and provided dozens of interviews and presentations on dental mercury and other dental health topics. He has also won several prestigious awards. I know him as a fellow board member to the National Health Freedom Coalition, of which he co-founded. Welcome, Leo, to the Nature of Healing podcast. Thanks, Roseanne. You're welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive right in. First, let's understand what fluoride is. Is it really a nutrient as the government claims it to be? No, it is uh, not a nutrient. And I'm not sure the government even claims it's, it's an essential nutrient, that, but they have uh, a, uh, embraced a uh, myth that uh, it is just what we need for helping children uh, have good teeth that uh, will resist tooth decay. That's, that's the, uh, the small version of the fluoride myth. Uh, and uh, it's a very harmful myth. Uh, it goes way back to the 1940s uh, when the perpetrators of the myth knew it was a myth and they had their own ulterior reasons for putting the myth out uh, and uh, ending up with a fluoridation program of adding this uh, fluoride in some form to the water. And uh, so, yeah, it's a harmful myth. Uh, no, it is not an essential uh, trace mineral uh, such as iodine is. Iodine is, is absolutely essential to our health and to the thyroid and many other uh, organs in the body. Uh, fluoride is not. People are just fine uh, without uh, having uh, much fluoride at all in their diet or in their water. And there has never been a documented uh, deficiency of fluoride. So no, it is not an essential trace mineral even, but it is very definitely a poison and uh, a health menace. And you know that's what the research is showing us more and more and more, uh, especially in the last couple of decades. <clears throat> so I guess uh, that's... Uh, that's the question. Uh, that's the answer. Uh, fluoride is a poison. Uh, it has no uh, nutritional value, and it is simply uh, foolish to be deliberately adding it to our drinking water supply. I completely agree with you. And if anybody does a simple search on this element, the periodic table, they'll find all of what you're saying to be true. So how did we ever come to the notion that fluoride is needed for preventing tooth decay? To, uh, to back up to the chemistry and so on, 
Uh, fluoride's an element in the, um, uh, an electronegative element uh, in the halogen family, which also includes uh, bromine and chlorine and uh, and so it's uh, chemically somewhat similar to them and it will uh, compete with iodine for uptake in the thyroid and in other key organs like the breasts and the ovaries and the prostate and therefore it is actually an anti-nutrient causing mischief where we need iodine to uh, do its positive things for these key organs. Uh, so, and it's also, uh, um, you know, it, it ends up uh, harming bones and connective tissue. Um, and so uh, uh, fluorine is a, a real troublemaker. Uh, we call it fluorine as an element. Uh, normally it's not found as a simple element. It's found in chemical combinations with uh, things like uh, sodium or potassium or uh, calcium, and therefore, in those uh, chemical forms, we call it fluoride because it is in that compound. Uh, it's a calcium fluoride, sodium fluoride, and so on. And as you said, the sodium fluoride was widely used at one time as a rat poison. That was in the 1930s and a cockroach poison, uh, and it worked powerfully. It's a very, very poisonous poison. And then they sort of repackaged it in the 1940s because they wanted to put a kinder image on it of uh, saying, well, it's a little bit of it is just what you need for children's teeth. Now, that was a myth. That was blatantly untrue to Harold Hodge, who really is the one who cemented that myth because he was a a uh, fluoride researcher, a fluoride scientist. And so uh, uh, Harold Hodge came up with that in response to a crisis in uh, New Jersey and near New Jersey of uh, a fluoride release from a DuPont factory. And uh, it, uh, it went up into the atmosphere, ac this accidental release of fluoride, came down on the crops, damaged the uh, uh, strawberry and the peach crops and so on. Uh, animals who uh, who ingested it were made sick. Uh, people were made sick. It was created a panic and yet that fluoride was being prepared for use in the atomic bomb project uh, and was supposed to be going to Oak Ridge, Tennessee for uranium isotope separation purposes. And so people involved in the uh, atomic bomb project, which included Harold Hodge, were, were very concerned that they were going to be stymied in uh, using the fluoride the way they wanted to use it. So they said, uh, we've got to cover this up. And Harold Hodge wrote a famous memo, secret memo, that said, wouldn't it be a good idea if we started putting out around New Jersey, the um, message that a little bit of fluoride is just good for children's teeth, for preventing tooth decay. He knew it was propaganda, but uh, it's when Harold Hodge suggested that, and there was a secret meeting between 
uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture officials and DuPont officials and the atomic bomb uh, scientists and so on, that they all agreed we've got to cover this up. And so we will all get on board with this fluoride myth and uh, promote fluoride as a good thing, at least in smaller quantities. And that terrible uh, deception, that uh, fraud, has had a long shadow that it has cast upon the American public, uh, the dental uh, patients, because fluoride became uh, uh, <clears throat> used at first in, in, a, in a minor way in water fluoridation, and it started being used in toothpaste. And indeed, it's very good at killing germs. It poisons those germs. And so it became the active ingredient in Crest and Colgate fluoridated toothpaste. And that is another uh, part of the long shadow cost by the cast by the fluoride uh, myth and the fluoride fraud and the fluoride cover-up. And so we got fluoride exposures by drinking it in the water, uh, cooking with it. We do get an exposure by bathing in it and showering it. And it has certainly ended up in the food chain uh, because who's going to worry about fluoride if a little bit of fluoride in anything is good for us. So, you know, and it was very good for the fluoride polluters. It was very much part of their agenda uh, because uh, fluoride is a major, major uh, air pollutant and environmental pollutant in America. It always has been, but it has not been recognized in the sphere of environmental protection because of the fluoride myth. Yes. Uh, there are many myths <laughs> that seem to go around with the... Oh, and maybe I should mention, Roseanne, also the, the sugar in, interests. Sure. You know, sugar is big business agriculturally, and it's sort of a protected business. Uh, the, the domestic sugar beet uh, industry, and uh, it's, by the way, pretty big here in uh, Minnesota, where I am. So uh, what's the myth doing for sugar? Well, it takes the focus off of the terrible role of sugar in causing tooth decay. Sugar is a major cause of tooth decay, and the sugar interests don't want us to be thinking about that. They want us to be consuming their sugar without question and then just saying, doctor, doctor, give me a fluoride treatment, uh, give, give my child sugar, give my child fluoride tablets if we're not really drinking fluoridated water here on our farm or we're drinking well water. So, you know, there's this whole myth of, hey, give me fluoride, I'm not getting enough fluoride, paint fluoride on my teeth, with my children's teeth, with fluoride varnish, give me, give my kid a fluoride gel treatment, etc. There's no particular caution about the whole thing. And so we're getting all these different fluoride exposures uh, in all these different ways in dentistry. And then I should mention that there's a heck of a lot of it in the food chain. Uh, shocking concentrations of fluoride in uh, commercially uh, grown produce uh, and fruit. Uh, it can be in uh, very shockingly high in apple juice, 
raisins and grapes. And so, you know, smart uh, people like the ones listening to this uh, podcast are going to be going out of their way to avoid fluoride in their drinking water, but also in their food by choosing organic foods whenever possible, because those uh, non-organic foods are probably going to be pretty high in fluoride in many cases. And like you said, it's accumulative poison. Long-term exposure to the fluoride is going to give us a lot more than we should have in our thyroid, in our bones, and our connective tissue. And ex exactly right, it will lower the intelligence of our children. And that is not okay. Well, you bring up an excellent point about how the industry, the food industry, the fertilizer industry, the government agencies all work together to create this menace. And what you brought up between sugar and fluoride is really, really important because as you say, in, in all these packaged products, commercial products, you have both of them. You have sugar and fluoride. And it's really the old bait and switch, isn't it? It's, it's sugar and fluoride are both toxins. And right. this fluoridation then is really a mocking of humanity. If you look at it that way, if you really dig deep, you see that it's the obvious <laughs> mocking. If the scientific case against fluoride is so compelling, how can this practice survive and not be exposed by so-called investigative journalists? Is journalism dead? Uh, much of journalism is is corrupted. It is not as as uh, public service oriented as it appears to be. And you know, we have to remember that the media uh, have a powerful um, powerful public relations uh, arm working for it, and that arm is the media itself. In other words, the media persuades its listeners that it's on the side of the little people, the ordinary people, they are compassionate, they're trying their best to uncover the truth, and that's their public relations program. They're doing it for themselves, the media. And meantime, the media, uh, to my eyes, is uh, covering up a lot of the most important health issues of our time. And that includes a lot of poisons that we're being exposed to in our times. And I, I don't think we need to list them necessarily, but you know, it's mercury, it's poisons in the vaccines, uh, many of which are mandated vaccines. And there are various pesticide poisons in the food supply. There's fluoride in the food. And so, you know, these are all poisons. And uh, you would think the media would be up in arms over all these poisons we're being exposed to and link those poisons to the adverse health impacts that we're seeing all around us in our society, uh, ranging from uh, Alzheimer's in the elderly to autism and ADHD in the children and you know depression and anxiety for everyone else in between. So, you know, yeah, poisons are a menace to our health, to our well-being, and uh, the media is covering it up quite deliberately and consciously. And, and if you've ever dealt directly with the media, as I have, uh, you run into their tremendous bias against the truth. 
and their tremendous uh, desire to cover it up. You know, you can have a nice long interview with the media and they don't even use any of it because you've been careful to speak the truth in a way that has can't be distorted and they uh, they don't want to use any of it. They don't want the truth. They want um, slanted reporting that assists the uh, bad guys in covering up their wrongdoing. And the bad guys really are Centered for Disease Control, um, which is supposed to be our great federal health watchdog, uh, often FDA with its corrupt uh, 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 regulatory failures, failure to protect us from harmful vaccines, harmful drugs, uh, harmful things in the food supply, and uh, in, you know, other agencies where we have corruption. So we don't really have uh, a media that's um, uh, watching over this. If we did, uh, these cover-ups would not last very long at all, and it would impact the political environment enough that elected officials would have to address these things in a more honest way rather than look the other way and pretend that these problems are not there. Yes, I agree. I agree that uh, the media is there for propaganda and it is likely the fourth branch of government that way. So why doesn't the FDA insist that the HFSA product carry a poison control warning. Okay, well, uh, that acronym uh, refers to this uh, fluoridation product uh, that that you have already mentioned, uh, and it stands for hydroflow salicylic acid. And now that's a very, very toxic fluoride compound, more toxic than the rat poison that we mentioned earlier, which is sodium fluoride and which is found in the toothpaste. So what they're using uh, for water fluoridation is a really uh, stupendously toxic product, and it is a pollution um, uh, control uh, brew of toxins, really, not just a single compound that's been captured from the air pollution uh, control equipment on phosphate fertilizer plants down in Florida. Uh, so it is truly a toxic brew. There is some aluminum in it. There's some arsenic. There's some radioactive elements in there. There's some uh, hydrofluoric acid, which is extremely dangerous and toxic. So it's, you know, whatever is exactly in there at any given time is whatever the pollution control equipment captured on that day when it was capturing this stuff. And they know it. You know, there's skull and crossbone warnings on this product. Doesn't say that it's good for teeth or anything else. It just says, you better damn well be careful. This will kill you if you spill it on you and don't inhale it and so on and so forth. That's what the warning labels say. But our consumers are water district customers don't ever see that. So, you know, the water districts are being put in a bad position because they're really committing a commercial fraud by selling, by putting this in the drinking water as if it were really uh, safe and effective, uh, which it isn't. And um, 
and and yet uh, nobody sees the label. And the FDA doesn't jump into the middle of this because this is not being sold in a bottle on a shelf somewhere in a store. Uh, that's why the FDA doesn't do anything. Now, if they if the FDA wanted to be rigorous about it, they say, hey, you know, you're making a health claim for something that you're selling and it's being used, put in the drinking water. And when are you going to come to us and ask that it be approved for your drug claim, your health claim as being safe and effective? They have never sought FDA approval for this product being safe and effective. They don't, they're never going to do that, and the FDA would never approve it because it's, it would be ridiculous to say, oh, here's this pollution product that has no single formula to it. It's a bunch of pollution junk, and we're supposed to approve this as being safe and effective. And if you <laughs> spill some of it on your arm, uh, I've, talk, I've interviewed a guy named Joe Walls who spilled some of it on his arm in an accident in a, in a water treatment plant. He was squirted for about three seconds with it and he almost died. If he hadn't gotten to the hospital when he, when he did, he would have died from being sprayed with it for three seconds and he became disabled for the rest of his life. He got enough of that fluoride into his body and and what it does is it kills you by combining with the calcium so your heart cannot operate anymore. That's how close to death Joe Walls was. Now, wouldn't you think an investigative reporter would want to tell that story of what happened to Joe Walls? And I have other stories of life-threatening exposures to fluoride. In the real world, fluoride is a killer and, you know, uh, uh, I have talked to people who've been near death from a fluoride exposure. I talked to a woman years ago who was gradually dying and her doctors could not figure it out. But finally, she did. She said, I think I know what it is. I think I know it's that sodium fluoride treatment that my dentist is having me take. Every night I put a little bit of sodium fluoride on this gum area where I'm having trouble to, to solve my problem, and it was killing her. Her health was going down, down, down. Her co-workers were horrified. Nobody knew what was doing it. She figured it out. She stopped using the fluoride treatment that her dentist told her to do, and she gradually recovered, and it saved her life. So, wow, good know, for her. I mean, this is, this, is, this is life and death in some cases, and then for other people, uh, it's like Alzheimer's. And, and, you know, there's an article, scientific paper, 1998, that shows, yes, fluoride combined with aluminum brings that aluminum up into the brain far, far more easily. And the test animals got dementia. They got brain pathologies that look like dementia and so when they were, they died uh, around the end of the first year of the experiment, if they were drinking low-dose sodium or uh, aluminum fluoride in their water, <clears throat> because that gets into the brain and it was harming the brain 
causing something that looked just like Alzheimer's in the brain and severely harming their kidneys. Now that study alone should have brought water fluoridation to a screeching halt because we have concerns about Alzheimer's and uh, kidney damage. And this was a stunning indictment of using fluoride, especially in a society where they also mandate aluminum in vaccines as the adjuvant. So, you know, the aluminum mandate through vaccines, the fluoride mandate, they're really causing a lot of the Alzheimer's, not the only poison causing Alzheimer's, but it's certainly a major factor, it seems, in the Alzheimer's we're seeing. And then I think you could say in the children, similarly, it's probably a factor in the autism and all the neurodevelopmental disorders we're seeing in our children. So, you know, this is relevant to things that we are seeing all around us. Yeah, it you paint a really devastating picture. Um, you paint a picture of a health agency that is actually destroying health. And, you know, the Centers for Disease Control and, and Prevention should be Centers for Disease Creation. Yeah, scientific fraud. And we could go, you know, outside of fluoride and mention other examples of scientific fraud. But we do know of scientific fraud being committed and covered up by the Centers for Disease Control. And yeah, they claim that the fluoridation is one of the great public health victories of the last century. Well, no, it's really one of the great failures of public health policy. It's a public health boondoggle. And they know it, I think, and they're covering it up. And so if you tell a lie often enough and hard enough, uh, after a while, a lot of people think of it as being true, and that's what they're doing. They are, by and large, a fraudulent educator of the American public, and the policies that they recommend to every state health department are not science-based, and they are not producing good health outcomes. No, and I can verify that as I used to work as a scientist for the United States Environmental Protection Agency on the federal level, and I worked in air pollution control, and we made sure industries were putting on those scrubbers and using them, turning, up, turning them on so that they would prevent toxic air pollution. But little did we know, little did I know, that they're actually using those scrubbers as collection devices so they can then put those some of those toxins in the water supply basically that's what we're saying at least in the case of the phosphate fertilizer plants that's exactly what they're doing Mm -hmm. and uh, those plants a lot of them used to be owned by cargill which is an agribusiness giant uh, that most people have heard of and it is the largest privately held corporation in north america And so it used to own all these phosphate fertilizer plants that were scamming us by selling their pollution to our water districts for use as uh, to prevent children's cavities. And I think, you know, whatever else you can say about Cargill is that it's not dumb. Cargill is not dumb. And Cargill likes profit. And the phosphate fertilizer plants were profitable. So why did... Cargill do what it did. It spun off 
all of its phosphate fertilizer plants into a separate corporation called Mosaic. Mosaic is, is a different uh, Minnesota-based corporation uh, located, headquarters located near Cargill and uh, Cargill uh, maintained a 51% controlling interest in the stock of Mosaic. But I think what Cargill really wanted to do was put Mosaic at arm's length from itself so that if this scam and this cover-up truly become understood by the public, Cargill could say, oh, that's not us. That's this other corporation, Mosaic, that owns and operates all these phosphate fertilizer plants and is scamming us by selling us their toxic fluoride waste as being beneficial. And so, you know, uh, uh, how many people know anything about this? Almost nobody, because the media doesn't want to talk about it and doesn't want us to know, and neither does Cargill and neither does Mosaic. Right. And so what you're suggesting is a lot of people do not know how to connect dots. And so let's connect some dots. What economic interests benefit from water fluoridation? If the public suffers, who gains? Who profits? Well, I think, you know, I, I, I put a name on the, the collection of private interests that benefit, and we've really talked about some of them. Uh, so that would, that list of of uh, benefiters, which I call team fluoride, is the sugar beet industry with their sugar product. Uh, it is the fluoride polluters, which includes steel factories, oil refineries, brick and glassware producers, lots of heavy industry, uh, smelters. And so they don't want us to understand that fluoride is a pollutant of concern. And then uh, you, uh, and also they're harming the, their nearby communities and their workers. And the fluoride uh, industries have been sued by workers. And guess what kind of defense is put up before the jury in that courtroom? They say, oh, come on. You know, you're worried about a little bit of fluoride exposure? Fluoride is so safe that we order it to be put in the drinking water uh, to prevent children's tooth decay. And that is put forth as if it were a scientific proof that fluoride is safe and a little bit of it is beneficial. So it actually has provided a defense in the courtroom for the fluoride polluters who are getting sued by injured workers. Wow. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fluoride polluters and a particular fluoride polluter called Mosaic. And Mosaic has had enormous EPA fines for environmental offenses, uh, astounding uh, multi-million dollar fines for uh, the uh, gypsum wastes, which are somewhat radioactive and very toxic, but their biggest toxic uh, thing that they're supposed to dispose of, and it's illegal to dump it in the, the nearby bay or in the nearby river, 
uh, is there uh, HFSA uh, highly contaminated junk, which then they 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 solve the problem of disposing of that by selling it as if it were beneficial to children's teeth. Yes, that's the great irony. Yeah, they're the biggest benefit benefiter from the scam, and I do call it a scam because I think that word fits it perfectly. And so, yeah, so there's your team. And then, you know, joining the team are the people who are so involved in the cover-up that they don't want the cover-up to con come unraveled either. And that would be the Centers for Disease Control and maybe the state health departments that go along with them. And then maybe even the big media that has gone along with the whole cover-up too. So after a while, the media, and then certainly the ADA, and the ADA, American Dental Association, uh, is big in on the cover-up because ADA is always promoting water fluoridation. And remember, every state dental association, like Minnesota Dental Association, Wisconsin Dental Association, is merely a chapter of the ADA. <clears throat> so they're not independent and, and separate. They are just part of the same uh, organized dentistry monolith that tries to control everything and shape our public perceptions about what's good and what's not good. And regarding the ADA, uh, it should be understood that every dental school in America has to be accredited by the ADA. So uh, that doesn't make logical sense because the ADA is a private interest. It's not even governmental, uh, but it purports to be setting the standards of quality for every dental school. And so what that means is uh, ADA has oversight over the curriculum. You know, what is being taught? What textbooks are being used? Who are, who are the top uh, officials running that dental school? And they have the power of accreditation so they can really uh, put a lot of pressure on every dental school. So as a result, you get the fluoride myth being taught in every dental school classroom. And so the, the uh, dental schools are indoctrinating uh, the students on subjects like mercury and fluoride saying, don't worry, uh, there's not enough to cause harm. Yes, they're poisons but they're safe the way we're using them, so don't worry and be happy. And so, yeah, the ADA is big uh, time in on this cover-up, and they absolutely work very hard in maintaining and perpetuating the fluoride cover-up. <clears throat> and then, of course, the toothpaste companies like Crest and, uh, Crest and Colgate are using cheap junk to kill germs. Uh, and that's the sodium fluoride. And so they don't have to use more quality, slightly more expensive toothpaste ingredients that are natural and safe because they can just use the, the fluoride. And, and honestly, Roseanne, I have to wonder what the agenda is after a while. If they know from all the science that has come out that it lowers the intelligence of our population uh, then I have to say, well, what's up with that? Who wants our population to be dumbed down? 
not the um, not you and me, not the taxpayers, uh, but maybe the powers that be want our population to be dumbed down by fluoride uh, because we're more submissive. We don't ask questions. Uh, we don't think for ourselves, and we're more under the sway of media influence. And I think you realize media has a lot of influence. It, does, it tends to frame the discussion, the dialogue. It tends to shut out topics that it doesn't want us to be thinking about. And we're more susceptible to that if we're less intelligent. Yes. You know, an investigative reporter that does write about and talk about this is John Rappaport. And he used to work for one of the big three news media organizations long ago. But when he wanted to start writing about this, they gave him the boot. So he can you can still find his work. And he, he puts out his own blog, his own articles. And no, I've, I've read some of his stuff. And he's, he's a critical thinker. He has integrity. And so I can understand why he would have been given the boot. Yeah. You know, but like I say, I've, I've dealt with the media directly and uh, some of their people are pretty creepy. You know, they are very hostile to people like me that speak the truth and that raise concerns about the poisons we're being exposed to. They can, they can be really in your face rude because they want to, it, it's like uh, psychological warfare. You know, they want to, they want to uh, demean you for having integrity and for raising serious questions like we're doing on this podcast. Yes, and I'm grateful for your work and all that you do to help other people with information, getting it out there, because that is why. That is exactly what they don't want. They don't want people to understand and know what's going on. And so you are, you are at the forefront of this cause for humanity winning, you know, winning our own health back, you know, winning our ability to choose for ourselves to be healthy. Um, that is the big scam is they don't want really that the health agencies are really disease agencies, dis-ease agencies. And like you say, team fluoride is all of these groups that you've talked about from government to media, to the industries. And it's all for profit from what you're saying. It's, it's really a recycling industry, if you think about it, out of the air and into the water so that everybody believes we're, we're clearing our air and we're paying for it with our taxes, but yet right. we're drinking it in our it's water. A, it's kind of a farce, <clears throat> what's going on. And, uh, uh, you know, but it's a harmful farce. It's a harmful scam. You know, so it's worse than money. Uh, and greed, you know, I tell people, well, it's, yeah, it's sort of about the money. Maybe it is for mosaic, but, um, but really is, isn't it more than that? Isn't it yeah. more than money and greed? Isn't it at the ultimate level? If you look at what the trillionaires of the world want, and there are some trillionaires out there who are extremely powerful, even though people don't realize who they are and where they are. But I do think they want to reduce the world's population, our ability to function as healthy human beings and reproduce and have normal family life and relationships and, and discussions. And they, they do want to dumb us down, I think. And that is, that's more than greed. That's a, that's a sort of a, 
political agenda. It's a, uh, an agenda of suppressing human beings and what human beings should be as free and healthy human beings. So that's, that's, a, that's a bigger agenda. And I, and I think we're really going pretty deep in talking about it here on this program. Yeah, I love to go deep. You you should know that about me, Leo. <laughs> anyway, well, I I do, I do. <laughs> I think you do. You do. That's why we're such good friends. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think you you've hit the nail on the head when you say this is more than. Um, I mean, when you talk about dumbing down humanity, it's really more than physical or financial dumbing down. It's psychological. It's spiritual. Yeah. You know. Fluoride is a spiritual antagonist because it does block yeah. the pineal gland. And that's critical that's to, to our connection to, you know, greater things that we're here to do. We're not just right. meat machines, <laughs> which well, the, is what they the, want to paint us as. Yeah, well, I, 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 I will uh, agree with you. And the pineal gland is in the middle of our head. Uh, there's a lot of blood flow that goes through it. And when the person is getting too much fluoride, uh, then there is calcification of the pineal gland. And so it's impaired, it doesn't function as well. And we have uh, 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 the research of Jennifer Luke, who is a, a dentist and a PhD researcher in England, who studied animals and human data regarding the pineal gland. So she has published research and, you know, don't you know, our media is not at all interested in telling us about it, but the pineal gland is very important and it is the gland that produces melatonin at night when things are dark and we should be sleeping in a dark bedroom so that the pineal gland knows that it's time to produce melatonin, it's nighttime, and uh, and then it plays uh, an important role in uh, uh, our immune system, our immune function, and preventing problems like cancer. So it's a very important antioxidant. And so uh, indirectly, uh, we're probably getting more cancer and more immune disorders because of the harmful effects on the pineal gland. Uh, yes. So, you know, we're just not functioning the way the human body should be functioning because of all these effects, including the harmful effects on the pineal gland. Yeah, it's sabotage, really, a sabotage of the human race. And yeah. we are actually allowing it to happen by agreeing to these ridiculous laws right. and not, not questioning them. But you have done that recently when they brought, uh, yeah. when the Department of Public Health, Minnesota Department of Public Health brought to the public's attention this rule revision. Can you bring us up to date on what happened in Minnesota? It's, I don't want to go into it too much and it's really still playing out okay but to put it very very succinctly um the establishment was embarrassed when uh, a national academy of science uh panel of 12 scientists worked for three years and produced a uh report in year 2006 saying essentially we have a fluoride menace in our society and it's causing harm to the teeth dental fluorosis is harm to the teeth and it's really 
harm to the entire tooth, not just the surface enamel. Uh, we have harm to the bones, we have harm to the joints and all the connective tissue. We have fluoride damage uh, to the uh, thyroid gland. And as you know, there's an enormous level of hypothyroidism in the country. And then we have uh, adverse brain effects. So essentially, it was like a scream saying, uh, it isn't just water fluoridation, but we are getting way, 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 way too much fluoride, and it's harming the public health, and it's harming dental health. So what does the CDC do? Uh, it sort of dilly-dallied for years, and then in 2011, it came out with a revised rule saying, you know, uh, we're getting a little too much fluoride in the drinking water. Let's cut back. So uh, the, the new optimal level is no longer 1.0 or somewhat higher than that, parts per million or milligrams per liter. Uh, it's got to be 0.7, said the CDC. That will take care of everything. <laughs> we'll keep fluoridating the water, uh, but we'll use less, so there's less damage to the teeth, etc., less other health effects, and we'll all live happily ever after. But, you know, the scientists who put out that 2006 report says, no way, you did not get that right. You're trying to continue uh, a failed public policy, namely water fluoridation. And uh, the correct uh, change for you to make is to withdraw your recommendation of water fluoridation entirely. It is a failed policy. And we know that this is what the scientists' position were. Uh, we're not making that up. They are critics of continuing water fluoridation. And so, but, uh, you know, state health departments follow the lead of the CDC because the CDC is their big funder. It's like their master mind controller as to what they're supposed to do. And, uh, and so they fall into line generally with what the CDC says. And so finally, it's year, year 2019 right now, and Minnesota says, hey, guess what? We want to officially lower water fluoridation recommendation in Minnesota to 0 0.7 milligrams per liter. Uh, and, and we know that's a good change because that's what the CDC says it should be now. So uh, it's kind of like groupthink instead of really challenging the whole concept uh, policy of water fluoridation is like, oh, let's let's follow the group think here, do what the CDC says we should do. And, and so um, I have an opportunity to testify, I have testified in opposition to just going down to 0 0.7. I've testified in a public hearing, it should be 0, 0, 0 amount of fluoride. In other words, don't do it anymore and we're still engaged in some back and forth. And as of tomorrow, uh, Thursday, um, the 19th, the comments will be completely over. And then there is an administrative law judge who's taking all of this back and forth debate in and providing a recommendation regarding the rule change, the rule change, uh, uh, Department of Health rule. So we'll see if Minnesota continues its statewide mandate for fluoridation 
uh, uh, in Minnesota, and I and I'm saying it should stop, or if it will continue and just stay in lockstep with what the CDC now is recommending. So that's 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 it. And unfortunately, Minnesota is one of 13 states that is mandating water fluoridation statewide. Uh, it's a really stupid thing for a state to be doing to mandate uh, a poison like this to be put in its drinking water. But unfortunately, 13 states do it. And I'm saying Minnesota should get off that bandwagon and stop mandating this poison. Well, thank you so much for your service to humanity yeah, yeah. in that way. You know, I can share a, a short experience that I engaged in here in Wisconsin back in 2012. The city council of Milwaukee attempted to stop fluoridating the water. And the champion there who, who brought that forward was Alderman Jim Bowl. And he challenged the status quo saying that it was not safe and he wanted a zero amount also. And my sister, who is a pathologist here in Wisconsin, and I as a naturopath, we both spoke in favor of ending fluoridation also. Paul Connett, the founder of the Fluoride Action Network, was the main event. He was the main speaker there. But the American Dental Association showed up in, in equal numbers and with their students all dressed up in their scrubs, uh, persuaded the majority right. of the council members to retain the amount of fluoride at, at the in the water, which at the time was 0.7 and it still is nothing has changed here in wisconsin yeah. so it, right. it it's an uphill battle and so you know on on the up note of this we're facing toxins in all forms of environmental exposures not just the water so we need to be thinking from a different perspective on how we protect our immune system and so just briefly before we end i wanted to talk about what alternatives alternatives yeah. to fluoride or how do right. we detox fluoride any okay yeah well that's 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 the most important thing to leave with i think and that is uh uh and i'll tell you what i do i mean i uh, i don't drink the tap water here in uh, st paul where i live i don't drink it i just don't drink it i don't cook with it and i uh, actually sort of avoid showering and bathing in it uh, and what do I do? I get spring water from a good source, and you should be looking for spring water that's naturally low in fluoride, which would be about 0.2 parts per million or less. And then, uh, and you know, you can check on these things usually and find out is it really naturally low in fluoride. And then, um, uh, you know, I get I get it in bottles, and I. Uh, I cook with it, I um, drink it, and I uh, sponge bath so that I, I, I really uh, use, use a basin of water and a washcloth and I clean myself that way. That works okay. And then uh, if people want a, a system, there are some systems of a water filtration that remove it but many of them do not. So do not assume that it will be easily filtered out by, for example, a carbon block filter because the fluoride ion is very tiny and it will go through those carbon block filters. Uh, and a distillation takes it out. Reverse osmosis will take it out of your water as long as you have a fairly new filter. But uh, most of the time, those filters need to be changed every three months 
in order to assure that that reverse osmosis filtration will take the fluoride ion out of the water. And then uh, it's very important to uh, avoid fluoride in the food. And there, I would always try to buy organic fruits, vegetables, everything organic. It can be shockingly high in the beans and other foods, uh, beer and wine, beverages like that. It's uh, high because they use a fluoride disinfectant in the vat uh, before it holds the, that beverage. So it creeps in through sort of a careless uh, disregard for the fluoride issue by people who are in the food processing business. It's shockingly high in the food. And to put that in perspective, uh, water is illegal if fluoride levels are four parts per million in the water. So in other words, you, you, gotta, you gotta stop and reduce the fluoride in your water if it's that high. Now that's not very well enforced, but there is a standard there. Well, well, fluoride in the apple juice has been measured at six parts per million, seven parts per million. Fluoride in the beans uh, could be 70 parts per million. Fluoride in the cabbage could be 40 parts per million. It's shockingly high in commercial food sources. And, uh, you know, uh, I've seen articles about this, but you're not going to find them in your major daily newspapers or on Minnesota Public Radio or National Public Radio. They are covering up the food fluoride scandal. Also, fluoride is found in 8% of the pharmaceutical drugs as fluorine. And so you may be getting some fluoride exposure from the drugs uh, to protect yourself from these unwanted fluoride exposures, have adequate vitamin C levels, uh, adequate magnesium and calcium levels from a good source, natural source. And then, of course, iodine which is the beneficial and essential halogen element. And many of us are not getting enough iodine. We should probably be supplementing with some iodine. And unfortunately, those low income and minority populations that fluoride is supposed to be benefiting are getting harmed the most by the fluoride because they are deficient in iodine. So iodine deficiency combined with all that fluoride exposure is gonna create more damage to uh, the body from fluoride, including mental and brain damage. I think we covered a lot of important points there and I'm, I'm glad we're, we're going over that. People can call me uh, or they can go to resources on the web if they want to go over these things more. I have articles, I have resources, I sell books on fluoride. And so, you know, people are very welcome to call me. That's wonderful. And just before we give your contact information, I wanted to also add to that list of the great list of yours, uh, that while iodine is, is best for the thyroid, boron is best for the parathyroids, and it's also a great detoxifier of fluoride. So boron helps right bones and joints, which is what the fluoride affects. So skeletal fluorosis, yeah. bone disease, these things yeah. are reversed if you can add boron 
right. to your supplement. It's a, it's a beneficial trace mineral. Yes. And uh, I, I agree. Boron is, is pretty good for the bones and uh, it's a helpful trace mineral. Uh, we, when we detoxify fluoride, which we, a lot of people do need to do, uh, sometimes they get rashes and, and adverse effects when they start in on the iodine. And so they have to slow it down a little bit so they don't have too intense of a detox problem when they start to detoxify their fluoride uh, accumulated uh, in their body. So you have to kind of go a little bit easy in doing it and probably start with some selenium because we're usually deficient in selenium too. And that's important for thyroid function and making the thyroid hormone. So uh, yeah, so we have to kind of individualize the program of fluoride detox to each person going through it and go at a manageable pace and use all the things that we know are helpful, like selenium in a good form, and then uh, bringing on iodine at a somewhat low level in the beginning, and then increasing it. Yeah. And I do think we should, we should all probably be supplementing with some iodine. And you know, the research on iodine is fabulous for pregnant women, and if they take a, a reasonable dose of iodine during the pregnancy. What happens is the child is very intelligent, very bright, uh, nice to be around, uh, well-mannered. And of course, it helps also if you avoid vaccinating your child. Yeah, I agree completely. And I myself, when I was detoxing fluoride, when I was reversing hypothyroidism, I ended up with bromide uh, acne, which is pretty common. And so... Uh the more, I mean, and not just, uh, you know, supplementing with iodine, as you say, which can result in this detox reaction, but supplementing with all the minerals, because if you're low in one mineral, you're likely low in many minerals. So a good yeah. fulvic acid mineral supplement along with extra right. iodine and maybe some extra boron and selenium is excellent for the liver too, which needs to be supported when you do any detox. Otherwise things yeah. do come through the skin. So I agree with right. everything. Leo, how do people contact you? What is the quickest, best way? Well, my phone is 651-644-4572. I'm in the central time zone, uh, Minnesota. And uh, I'll repeat it again, 651-644-4572. My email is dams at usfamily.com. Dot net. Uh, Dams has a website, amalgam.org, and that's spelled A-M-A-L-G-A-M.org. And uh, we're old-fashioned. We actually talk to people on the phone and <laughs> answer emails. And, and then uh, a great resource on fluoride is uh, Fluoride Action Network. Uh, they are dedicated to the fluoride issue, especially ending water fluoridation, their website is fluoridealert.org. So F, you have to spell fluoride right, though. F-L-U-O-R-I-D-E, alert, A-L-E-R-T, dot O-R-G. That's the Fluoride Action Network, and they're a good group, a nonprofit group.
Thank you, Leo. I will put all these links in our show notes. And I thank you again for sharing all your knowledge and your time with us. You're welcome. I'm so glad to be on the program with you. And uh, I appreciate uh, what you're doing there. Thank you. And we'll have you back because we can definitely talk about Mercury and all your knowledge there. Great. Until next time, healers, lots of love. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath, at natureofhealing.org, where you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.